Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The Christian faith is very clear on this one important fact, that there is salvation in nothing, or no one else, but the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 we read this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And people take offense to this truth for a number of reasons. Some find it too narrow, and they would prefer a broader, more open concept of a relationship with God through a variety of theological views and means of approach to God. And yet others are offended that they cannot do something themselves to gain salvation, that they cannot present themselves as acceptable to God the way they are or by performing some sort of religious observances. But man's universal problem is sin, and sin must be put away if we're to be right on the right terms with a holy God. As sinners, we cannot do this ourselves. We need the intervention of another who has no sin of his own, that is the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And there is only one way to receive it, by trusting in his work alone. No other religions or philosophical systems offer spiritual life, true deliverance from sin, and the peace of certain forgiveness. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Gaius Goff looks at this tremendous statement from the Word of God and attempts to make it a personal call to his listeners. We trust that you will hear God's call to you today. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I'm going to speak to you about salvation and about that name, and about that word saved. The book of Acts is in the Bible to give us testimonies or personal examples of people who believe that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And there was a number of different backgrounds of people. One was an African politician, and he had that same felt need that all of us have. We've been wired up as human beings. It's in our psyche. God has placed it within every human being, a desire for God. People might not know it, might not use even the word God, but they know there's something inside here that makes me reach out for something beyond myself. God put it there so that men and women all over the world would seek the Lord while he may be found. The Bible says it like this. He hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth, that they might seek him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. We survive from one day to the next because of God. And this 
African politician felt that need inside, and he went and found a Bible, similar to the one I'm holding here, only in those days it was done in a roll rather than books with pages. And he was reading this, and he found the way of salvation that there's no salvation in any other. A man came to him and preached to him of Jesus, and he made a testimony, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he became a Christian. And then there is a, a Jewish Pharisee. Those were the people who thought they were better than everybody else. And this man was very antagonistic against Christianity. He was traveling. Actually, he was doing all he could to stop it. And his past was he was very, very knowledgeable. He would be what we would call a doctor of philosophy today. But one day as he was traveling near Damascus, Syria, he was stopped on that road as it came to him right from God. Everything's not all right between you and me. Your own conscience tells you. You got one of those, don't you? That's what I call the inner willy. You know, our will is inside. And, uh, you know, I got to watch. Senior citizens tell stories. But one man one time wanted to talk to a little girl about uh, what it is to believe in God. And uh, he, he said, now, I'm going to give you a little verse of the Bible. And we'll, we'll memorize this verse. Ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. Five words. And uh, she started out, ye must be born again. And she started out with that. And she got a little further along, and finally she said, I can't say that. But it's only five words. What's wrong with, ye must be born again. I can't say that. Now, she was only small. Ye must be born. And he said, why can't you say that? She said, I just can't say that word, must. She didn't want must. She wanted her own way, same as you. And that's why there's a good many here will never, perhaps ever, find their way to heaven because they don't like that word must. We must be saved, we read. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be Saved. Can you say that word must? Well, this man who was the Jewish Pharisee, he didn't like that word must until finally he was willing and brought down humble before God. And then he lifted his heart and said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the must became real to him. There's another one, and he was a Roman soldier. I mean, a military man. It reminds us that God is no respecter of persons, so a person can be in the military. We were preaching the gospel in El Salvador, and that was just toward the end of the El Salvadorian War a few years ago, and there's a colonel there, and he didn't figure that God could save him. He said, I've been responsible for killing too many people of my own country. And he was a tough man, I'll tell you. He was a colonel, so he was right out, and that El Salvadorian War lasted 12 years. And he'd been in from first to last. But when he heard, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, he said, but how could God save the likes of me? 
I said, it's not because you deserve it. I said, you deserve the same as I do, to be lost forever and shut out of heaven. But I said, God loves colonels in the army the same as he does anybody else. And he says, neither is there salvation. And that man is a Christian. He feels the weight of his past, but he also feels the relief of forgiveness because there is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's a, another man in the Bible, and this man was a Macedonian jailer. He'd be like we would call a European jailer. And this man, what he said was when he heard about the Lord Jesus and the gospel message, he said, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, i got to explain those words to you. Do you know what salvation is? Salvation in the Bible is a word that means to be delivered or set free from punishment or guilt or pain or suffering that we really deserve. There's a whole part of the Canadian military that's set aside for what they call search and rescue. I've watched them work in the eastern part of Canada when we lived in St. John's. One day I heard of a, a rescue going on offshore. It was a very stormy time and a ship was sinking and this helicopter went out there and then there was the Coast Guard went out there and there's boats all went out to find these 34 men that were on that boat and they found them. They found them all. And they brought him in on that Coast Guard boat. And as they came up alongside the wharf, I was there with a lot of others. And one man, the first man there, climbed out of that Coast Guard boat and kissed the slimy dirt on that wharf. He was that glad to be ashore. He was saved, delivered. And those people had provided his salvation. At that time, I don't know what it is now, but that time... They figured it cost the Canadian government or the Canadian people a million dollars at least for every person that they rescued. But they were willing to pay the price for that kind of salvation, physical salvation. Well, there's physical salvation of a body. And then there's the salvation of your life from wasting your life. But then there's the salvation of your soul that redeems and saves you from hell. My wife made a phone call today to a lady that we wanted to connect with because of her connections right here. And we wanted some of her family to attend. So she rings the phone and uh, no answer. So she rings up somebody else who knew this lady and said, I've been trying to get a hold of her. Uh, can, can you tell me what's happened? She died yesterday. She was in her 40s. Well, when she told me that, well, we were both a bit shook. Did she have God's salvation? And we remembered that as we walked through the door of her house just a short time ago and went out and said goodbye, that she told us that she was trusting Christ as her Savior. See, religion says that if you please God by your own efforts, then you can earn your salvation. You do enough good things, why, you'll make it. But the Bible teaches 
that it's Christ alone and trust in him that will give you salvation. So you got the difference? Religion says, do it yourself. God says you can't. It's by grace you are saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So you can't do it on your own. You can't earn salvation by praying or paying or feeling bad or good about yourself. Religion says if you practice diligent service in your life and are disciplined and you obey the laws, you can hope for the reward of salvation. But the Bible says that we have to receive salvation as a gift. And we don't depreciate the gift by trying to pay for it. When I met my wife, it didn't take me long to want to marry her. Wise man's eyes are in his head, the Bible says. After talking with her a bit and before long, I mean, it took me a while to get nerve up, but one day I got her a little ring. And I proposed. And I put that ring on her finger. And she says, well, that's good. I'll give you $2.50 for it. You think she said that? I think I'd have slipped it off and called the whole thing off. I would have been insulted. I mean, I didn't have a lot of money, but it was more than 250 Or even if she'd gone 50 I would have still said, hey, don't insult me. How insulting it must be to God when people try to earn salvation that has been paid for by the death of his own son. I watched one time in St. John's at a memorial service, November 11th. They marched down Ducker Street. Here comes the kids that were, they had the flags up first. And they're marching along, and then the little cadets came by, and they were all dressed up like miniature soldiers and sailors and airmen. And then behind them came the regular Canadian forces, and they were strutting right along. And then there was a big space. The bands had played, but now everything went quiet. And there was one piper and one drum in a big space, half a block or more. And you could hear that drum and that piper. And all of a sudden, everybody got quiet. And a little girl was sitting on Daddy's shoulder right beside me. And then people started taking off their hats. And along that street came old men and women. Some were hunched right over. Some were in wheelchairs. Some were walking on crutches. Some were being led along by other people. And they weren't keeping step. But they had those berets and they had a whole bunch of salad here on the side of their coat. Somebody said, why is everything so quiet? And the little girl up in the top of her daddy's shoulder says, Daddy, who are those people? Well, those are the people that went to the war. She looked and watched them go by. There's a lot of them. And she leaned over and said, Daddy, what's war? And I thought, I hope you never have to find out. Do you understand? When they circled around and came to the war memorial, there was a lady came there. I mean, the premier of the province spoke and the mayor spoke. And then this little lady picked up a wreath of flowers and walked up to the war memorial and set that in front of that memorial. And then she went back and got another and brought it up 
And she went back and got a third and brought it up. And she went back and got a fourth one. She bought four wreaths. Three sons and a husband died in that war. Now, how would you pay her for what she lost? You say, it's impossible. That's right. That's why you can't pay for God's salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Because it was paid for by the death of God's own Son. When on the cross on Calvary, He gave His life as a full payment for your sins and mine. Sometimes people say, well, you know, self-motivation and and self-control, that'll make salvation real to you. But the Bible says no. If you're a Christian, it's Christ in you. It's not just turning over a new leaf on New Year's Day and quitting smoking and drinking hard liquor. But it's a person responding in love to Christ with joy and thankfulness. There's no salvation in any other. So God has provided the salvation. He's paid for it long ago. It happened before ever I was born. When Christ on the cross on Calvary paid the price of sin with his life, and God was satisfied because Jesus didn't have any sins of his own, he could pay for your sins and mine if he wanted to. Now listen to these beautiful words. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Now, is that good news? I'll tell you. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You understand everybody has sinned, and God looks at us all and says, look, I understand. You've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and you can't really help that because you've been born in this world of sinful people. But he also reminds us that the wages of sin is death, so that's the penalty. But the Bible also tells us that Jesus Christ died for your sins and mine to pay that price. And if we confess him and acknowledge him as our own personal Savior and Lord, I said, Lord Jesus, I thank you in the bottom of my heart, for dying for me. I appreciate it more than I can say. And he gave me the relief of salvation from my sin because he died for me. What would you say to somebody that did that for you? You say, I don't need you. That's your choice. Or if somebody really did such a thing for you, wouldn't you be able to say, thank you? Have you ever said, God, I thank you for dying for me? You can, if you will. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved.
Yes, my friends, salvation is a gift, and it's not based on any act on the part of man, religious or otherwise. The only requirement for the sinner is to receive it with thankfulness from the hand of God. The tremendous truth in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 is this, The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. What more does a repentant sinner need? We hope that today's message has helped you to understand the essence of the gospel message of full and free salvation through the death of Christ on the cross in the place of sinners. Have you accepted him as your Savior? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and the very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.